podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to VAR at the Bar. My name is Chris. I am with... I'm Dan. I'm Matt. I'm Ant. And we are doing our three-weekly football chat. This is episode one, which we hope there will be further episodes to come. But we'll have to wait and see how this one goes. So our first um, item on the agenda that we're going to discuss is the, the biggest one, and that is Manchester City's two-year ban from the Champions League. I can give you the official statement if go you want then. from yeah, the Champions League. Okay, so it says Manchester City has been banned from the Champions League for two years for serious breaches of financial regulations by the UEFA. The reigning Premier League champions are accused of overstating their sponsorship revenue in accounts submitted between 2012 and 2016 by your European footballing governing body. As you can see, I can read. I don't know how I managed to do that. But it's weird how something that happened over four years ago is now coming to light now. What do you think? I don't think anyone should get too carried away with it just yet, because obviously they are appealing. Yes. which will probably take another two years um, I think that the question of the question of what the Premier League are going to do I don't know if they're going to wait and see what, what happens with the appeal there's been talk of um, just ludicrous talk of them stripping titles and knocking them down to League 2 I'm not sure I, I don't think that will happen personally and I don't think as, as a Liverpool fan I don't think in hind- uh, won a retrospective title I think you know, we'd rather win it as it is I mean it's happened in other countries I mean PSG had a similar thing a few years back and they ended up going to the court of arbitration having it rescinded totally I don't know whether that was a few handshakes along the way AC Milan have also had the same thing and they had a two year ban which was actually cut to one year that was last summer so I don't think two years, in my opinion, is going to happen. I think it's a shame if they are found guilty because we're just starting to have a good rivalry domestically and that could tarnish future things for them. I mean, what's your well, opinion it, on that, guys? It certainly put people off signing in the summer for them because mm. nobody will know quite what the future holds. It's yeah. going to be interesting with this whole rugby thing and what's happened to Saracens, whether the football will use that as a precedent. Follow suit, yeah. Different analogy though. In rugby, they have a defined salary cap, yeah. and that's something that we definitely don't have in football. Surely that's what the financial play is, isn't it? You have a limit that you're allowed to spend to a percentage. No, they don't limit players' earnings like that. They seem to be quite against that. It's one of the issues I have with the financial fair play rulebook. Um, I mean, is this about? Is this more? Because they've self-sponsored hypothetically, and they're well, that's, that's why I'm surprised they've got caught. I mean, in theory, you could. Um, you could sponsor yourself as much as you want. You could have a brand, you can have 
there's unlimited amounts of our official partner for logistics. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, one of the key things is, is that this information came to light Ill illegally by some Portuguese, Portuguese hacker. And whether that will actually hold up in court or not, I don't know. And the poor, the poor guy's doing jail time at the moment, isn't he, as well? Ultimately, he's committed a crime. and yeah. he stumbled across a... <laughs> Like conspiracy or you know, a bit of foul play for Man City, but is, is, would that, you know, would that be inadmissible? A serious breach of overstating your sponsorship revenue, so they're not as earning as much as we thought. I find that surprising, actually. I do as well, and they're obviously it's a borrowing and borrowing to themselves, and it just doesn't add up. I mean, as well, you've got to put the whole thing that obviously Pep Guardiola's openly. Is standing with them on this, saying that they've done nothing wrong. I mean, what would happen, say, if they found further evidence where he hasn't known about it, and it, that would make him look like a bit of a bonker, wouldn't it? I think it's, if it's found out to be true, he won't be there. Yeah, Simple okay. as that. He won't want to associate with the club, no. in my opinion. I mean, you, you look at the players. I mean, you've got people there, Sterling, De Bruyne, on the peaks of their career. And they're saying that they possibly can't be playing in the biggest club event in, the, in Europe in two if, years. If they were to go down the division or have yeah. a you know, even 20 point uh, deficit at the start of next season, no Champions League, I can't. Personally, I can't see Sterling De Bruyne wanting to stay there because, like you say, they're in the peak of their career. Two years at European football is a long time for football. And, and already on. I've heard like rumours, especially with Sterling, that he's been gone after by sort of Real Madrid, and they're doing their normal tinkering via the newspapers and asking him, "What do you think of Real Madrid? Do you think they're a good team? Would you like to play for them one time?" Already the the, the Spanish way of uh, yeah. tapping up players. <laughs> it's it's going to unsettle a few players, isn't it? The uncertainty of not knowing whether the ban's going to be upheld and what the futures hold for the next couple of years. Yeah. Like you say, players want to play at the highest level. And if they know they're not going to be able to do that at Man City, it might turn their heads elsewhere. I'll have to wait and see on that. Could be seen De Bruyne and Sterling in a Leicester City shirt. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Dan would mind that. <laughs> no, I'll be all for that. Well, I'd certainly have De Bruyne at Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus as well, I think. Just, just, just for loan for a season. Be <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, you guys. What do you think personally is going to happen with this? I think they'll get. I think they'll go to court of arbitration, and there'll be a slap on the wrist. I think it'll be a heavy fine, and I think because of the financial implications, if they're not in it, where they could almost do friendlies at the time of Champions League with teams in, say, South America, that could be even more cost-effective. They could sort of put a, a whole new scale of competition almost on the Champions League because we all know that these football clubs aren't necessarily in it for to win the Champions League. It's the financial game. Well, Man City are in it to win it, aren't they? So they're going to take this uh, fight very seriously. I, I, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that they all they'll come off it with stuff on the rest? I'll, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't think they're going to get away with this. I think um, they've got form. They've oh, been. Uh, cited many times for breaches of financial irregularities and I think that um, UEFA want to hold the line with us. I don't think um, they're going to back down. That's my good feeling. <clears throat> I hope that they do get what they deserve if they are found to be guilty. However, I just have this feeling that money's going to talk at the end of the day and it'll be a large fine and that'll be that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I hope they do get done for it, but at the same time, like Matt says, it's probably someone's with a few dollars here and there, and I, I can't see, I, I can see it at most maybe a year out of the Champions League with the ban and a hefty fine, which would mean nothing to them because they've got buckets of it. Yeah. I mean, do you think, though, just to wind this up, that, um, that they'll be this will be sorted before the end of the year or do you think this is going to go on and on into early next year where you could be looking at August sort of just before the season starts if it will start and well, and it's it, not being done yet they'll have a knock on effect because if they're not getting Champions League if they're supposedly banned from Champions League football who takes their place you can't just suddenly on the 15th of August this year go oh by the way fifth place Sheffield United you're in I know, this is what I mean, and I mean, everyone seems to be talking about it almost being confirmed as the fifth place is getting the Champions League, which hypothetically isn't quite all done yet. I mean, they're under appeal, and there's, a high, there's still a probability that they, they'll get it, they'll still be in, and obviously they've got to be some sort of registration dates. I think it'll be delayed until the appeal is heard by the highest possible court. Yeah, it could be a suspended sentence. It could be as well that UEFA actually decide to punish England as a whole and actually take one of those places away, rather than letting a fifth place team come in. That's, That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Well, Taking yeah. it out on a whole country when only one team's done wrong. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> no. It depends whether Platten is in charge or... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, round it up with that then. British players in major European leagues and managers outside the Premier League. Do you think say, you best? told me managers. <laughs> Same both. So, do you think that it's a good idea that they they manage or play abroad? Um, and what, what's your opinion on on it, really? Um, if, with the, uh, the young players that go abroad to play, I think it's really good for their development as people. Because uh, you, when you're um, going through youth team setups and then into academies and you join clubs, they look after you really well and everything's sort of set up and there for you. I think if you go abroad, though, you really do have to stand on your own two feet. You grow, you grow up fast. I mean, you look at a prime example at the moment, it has to be Jaden Sancho, doesn't it, really? Goes to Dortmund for £8 million. No one really knows much of him, and he's, I think, tops now the Bundesliga now on assists this year. And he's now touted for a big money move back to, to the UK. Probably back to Man United, they're heavily saying, but you can't really sort of disagree with that move not working out for him, really. I think, I think Dortmund obviously clearly have a good setup for the youth kids because that. Uh, obviously then Harland's guy who's obviously could have chosen any club to go to and he's chosen Dortmund and, yeah. and they're after Bellingham, Bellingham now as well, yeah. so. yeah. what do you guys think of that? yeah I think it's all down to the club that you join to be honest I mean I wouldn't necessarily say going to Spain for instance as a young player is going to benefit you if we've seen with that um, Martin Odegaard the young Norwegian he was meant for the next big thing a bit like Harland contrasting you know, results. Haaland is doing fantastic. He's one of the best strikers in Europe. 
Odegaard, well, nobody's heard from him really. It's just about resurrecting his career in a lower. I mean, funny you mentioned about sort of resurrecting careers. I mean, you got here Kieran Trippier, yeah. Atletico Madrid. I mean, that was an odd one. I mean, that came out left wing from himself. I mean, he was first team at Spurs, and then I guess this is where the potch maybe issues were all the way back in the summer. Well, for that price tag, £15 million, you think there are a lot of clubs lining up to yeah. take him on. And he's obviously taken the decision to go abroad and apply his trade there. So I think he's obviously risen to the challenge of trying to be a top defender in La Liga, yeah. which you have to admire. Not, not many players have done that and been successful. I mean, obviously you've got, got there, who's been there for a while, Gareth Bale. I mean, not English, obviously, but the last few three seasons he's not really done... Well, two seasons, isn't it? A bit, three is a bit harsh, but he's been in and out of the team a lot, hasn't he? Injuries, but... He's done the, pretty well when he's the begin, At the beginning of his tenure there, he was fantastic, wasn't he? And scored that goal against yeah, Liverpool right. in the final, yeah, the um, overhead kick. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you can't really complain with the whole idea of players going abroad to understand their ways of working. I mean, we've got their... Apadu, that's like Leipzig. That's a song, isn't it? Apadu, yeah. <laughs> Agadu, Apadu. Didn't he, didn't he start against Spurs? For Leipzig, I think so. Uh, Ramsey's obviously at Juventus, which I know that he's, a lot He's of, at Juventus, yeah. Is he playing? He's got his first goal, but now coronavirus has hit, so <laughs> I don't think he's going to play. And then you've got people like da- Daniel Sturridge that were doing well until... <laughs> <laughs> this week this week yeah where things went a little bit tits up for him <laughs> put it politely <laughs> you have to say it on it I think at this stage he'll play in any league that will take him let's be honest he'll end up in Indonesia or somewhere <laughs> yeah. yeah I think so in some Indian league somewhere along the lines you get that though lots of players who are playing at a high level they're on a fair whack of wages and then they're not good enough to play in the Premier League anymore they're just they explore their options in other countries because they're the only people that think they're getting a star player and they'll pay the wages <laughs> yeah, really they're not getting value for money no not really it's like uh, is it Michael Essien ended up in yeah uh, he did Indonesia yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I've heard that uh, Emmanuel Adebayor has now gone to a club in Paraguay and he's linked up with his old compadre Roque Sante, Sante Cruz Wow, <laughs> the Manchester City strike force. How many, how many years passed? <laughs> and later you've got that? you've got that Adebayor is thirty six, and Rocky Santa Cruz is thirty eight. I mean, geez. but fair play if they you know if they can make the money while they can. I mean, has anyone got any anything on managers? Because obviously Graham Potter. Yeah, he was one that came to mind. For he's me. Uh, won the the title. At, Ostern, I don't think he won Ostern, the title. Ostern, he, won a, he won a cup. Osterson? Yeah, they were in like the fourth tier when he took over. Yeah. And he got them up to the Swedish Cup Winners Cup, or whatever you want to call it. Fantastic achievement. And I think they beat Arsenal at Ivory, right. right. correct? As well. Yeah. Then obviously he then moved to Swansea, I think it was last year. Had a good season with them, to be honest. I think they lost a lot of their players after getting relegated. Bought through a few youth youth team players and and now he's at Brighton where they're perilously perilously near the bottom three but they're playing good football they are, from what yeah, I hear. He's trying to change the way that they play football and, and uh, in some I've extent it's working. 
fans like it, but yeah, the results aren't quite there, so. Yeah, but it's, it's an awkward one, isn't it? You, you sort of, when you're looking at the way you play football, it's like this is where what happened with Stoke, wasn't it? They changed their way of playing from Pulist to Hughes, sort of. I'm not blaming you Hughes for it, but obviously he then went to get by more flair players and it sort of they lost their what what they were about a bit, I think, and ended up getting relegated. But any other names? Yeah, the, uh, the, the the one name that I found was Simon McMenemy. I don't know if anyone remembers him. Simon Yeah. Worthing assistant manager. <laughs> went on, yeah, went on yeah. to manage the Philippines. <laughs> Actually did alright, but got sacked for no reason whatsoever. Had a like a whistle stop tour of Vietnam and the Maldives and didn't do very well. <laughs> and he's ended up winning uh, the league for Bayangkara in Indonesia. So Fantastic. He, he, at least he won do something you, in the end. Do you think uh, Essien played for him at that time? I don't know. <laughs> Were you bored at work today? I was. <laughs> I like that. A good bit of research there. Or you just regularly watch Indonesian football. <laughs> Mark Lesson's playing. I In, India's a hotspot for uh, old Englishmen at the moment. Oh, yeah? Yeah, obviously John Gregory. Gregory. Phil wow. Brown's out there now and Steve Coffin's out there well at least you can say Phil Brown's on top up on his tan because in South Allen I'm sure in the winter months that tan would have faded away <laughs> trying to say Sol Campbell's going to be white by the end of the season <laughs> I think he will by the way they're playing um, also one that I did see that had a quick scan through I think in one of the major league soccer teams there's Adrian Heath I think he was ex-Leicester if I'm right Yep, and he's a he's a manager there. So he's got Fowler out in Australia. Is he is he manager? Yeah. Oh, not player manager. I don't think. so <laughs> I'm sure he could still bag about ten or fifteen. Don't forget Alan Pardew. Oh, the Pardew, oh, the Pardew. Well, before we get the Pardew, there we go. Thank you for a lovely Who can forget Graham Sooners putting that flag in the centre circle? Can't that's right. Just sort of throw that one in. No, yeah, that that was possibly one of the most dangerous things and idiotic things I've ever seen at the same time. <laughs> Sooners, I don't anything phases them. Yeah. Especially the fireworks that were being thrown just inches away from his body as he did that. Anyway, on no. anyway, Pardew. <laughs> Pardew Gate, as we now call it. It seems like a lot of stuff's gone down since I've decided All right. that. Enlighten it. Yeah, I will, I will. I don't think we'll be watching it for much longer. I don't, no, that, that is why it's now Pardew Gate, I think. Well, him and Mr Chris Powell. Former Leicester City, was he assistant? England and Charlton left back as well, wasn't he? As well, yeah, thank you. Going. And obviously, the Pardew, the, the guy who did the dance on Link Palace. <laughs> the guy that did the dance. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's what he's famous for. <laughs> exactly. So, he got, got uh, his first task as manager of ADO Den Haag, Dutch team, obviously. Don't think he's mastered the quite the um, the whole voice yet the accent like Joey Barton did and Steve McLaren Steve McLaren famously did, tried to do yeah. <coughs> his appointment on twenty on Christmas Eve of last year his first task was to repair a club torn apart after a senior member of the coaching staff had a fight with a player what a start 
That's brilliant, isn't it? Come to a training thing and seeing that. Defender, Donny Gorta. Attacked assistant boss, Edwin Degart. Over a personal matter. Degart was, sca- was sacked with the club already in crisis after Alphonse Degusk quit over the lack of support from the Den Haag's Chinese owner. You see, even in the lower league, in the smaller leagues, there's Chinese owners. Unfortunately, with a good start to his uh, tenure, 2-0 relegation six-pointer against RKC. RKC, a 2-0 win. They've then lost a lot and drawn a lot. Uh, so in the seven, seven games, they've got one win, three, do- three draws, a 0-0 versus Vitesse, two all against Hyrenreen, and a 0-0 against Hercules. And next week, they're only against top of the league, AX Altmar. Top of the league? AX Altmar, yeah. Be Ajax last week. Quite a bet on Ajax to win, I should know that one. (laughs) Anyway, moving swiftly on. Due to now, there's a bit of club unrest. Seven days ago, a group of Den Haag fans invaded the club's training ground on a Wednesday morning to protest about Pardew's tactics. This has never happened before. He's always been top tactician, especially at Newcastle. <laughs> As I'm saying, there we go. Anyway, around a dozen supporters were pictured speaking to players in front of a chalkboard with Pardew and assistant man- manager Chris Powell. Did this really off. happen? This is a true story. <laughs> Excuse me, it is true. Okay, so you expect ultras to be. Hard men, like 10, ten Vinnie Joneses out to beat people up and stuff. But here we go. This is, as quote, a Den, again, a Den Haag spokesperson said this. The group entered the field at the start of training and expressed dissatisfaction with the current performance. It was a group of about approximately 10 worried fans. They expressed in a calm and non hostile Start away. Their concerns to the, the staff and players at the start of the training session. With the signings that they've had, he's been busy over over the winter period because obviously the slump of form and stuff. So he's brought in a player that I think Matt might know, Jordan Spence. I do, yes. Defender. Remember Jordan. Sam Stubbs from Middlesbrough, never had him. Under 21, so fair enough. Omar Bogle. He's an ex-striker at Derby, Grimsby. George Thomas, Welsh international. Ex- uh, Leicester, I think. Academy Apple, player, yeah. Coventry. So th- this is a... Going to the point that we raised earlier about uh, foreign managers... Uh, sorry, managers that are British and manage abroad. They seem to sign British players, <laughs> which I find quite interesting. Mm. It makes me think that maybe Alan Pardew in particular doesn't really know too much about the Dutch league. Yeah, yeah you do get that feeling. Don't yeah. you? Does anyone know much about the Dutch league apart from the Dutch? Ajax. Well, I'm not applying for the job. <laughs> well, I'm not not that okay with it. Um, I know Mark Duffy plays for them now. He's on loan, ex Sheffield United. But I'm also intrigued by this policy of seemingly well, garbage a, out of your neighbours' it, bin. It, it, it's sort of. A bit harsh on the lads, though, isn't it? You sort of—I know you're given, you know—you've probably sold as like you're going to a top division club in the Netherlands league. 
that's the manager is British. However, they've picked up one point in the last seven games. It's a hard. It's a hard. Set. It's a hard one, isn't it? For yeah, a bunch a of 21, 22 year olds to, to come into, it's a bit a bit of a lion's pit, isn't it? And I mean the and the, the star players that they've got. I mean they've got some amusing names. I've just typed some amusing names really. Um, the main one is uh, Shaquille Pinnis, <laughs> which could be is a defender. A hard very one, isn't that? Yeah, oh, very good. And. And I'm going to give Dan this one to say because I'm struggling to say it. Crescenzio Somerville. He's on loan from Feyenoord. He's a striker, 18-year-old. I've got here, and he's scored two goals in 20 games. Is he their top scorer? I would say so. <laughs> so hopefully, as you're saying, we'll have to next time we do this podcast if Hardu is still in charge I would imagine next time we do this podcast it will be about how many times we've visited the job centre <laughs> could be mate I'll be honest with you it could be you know Chinese owners as well they're not going to give them a lot of time but yeah that, that's the end of that segment anyway with a bit of Pardu watch or Pardu gate whatever you want just to say, I do love this idea of these fans just walking up to Mr Pardu excuse me Mr Pardu um we're a little bit unhappy at uh, how the team is doing right yes, now. Yes, they express their dissatisfaction, yeah, sorry, in a calm and not non You can just imagine that road. happening over here, couldn't you? Excuse Mr Solskjaer, I don't think uh, we're doing very well at I the don't, moment. Uh, I don't think Green Street would have sold as many DVDs <laughs> no. as it did if, if that yeah. happened. <laughs> uh, and how things can be done in such a nice, non-hostile hostile way. I wouldn't mind winning a few games, we'd be very appreciative. Thank you very much. Yes, I, I totally agree with you there, young man. <laughs> I sort of knew uh, when I came here in the Champions League, uh, Liverpool or Arsenal, I thought maybe one of them we would draw, and uh, it is Arsenal, I think. Right then, our next segment of debate is that the, that the Premier League are now doing a Hall of Fame. So they're doing the, the first two inductees are coming up in the next month or so so this will be an interesting one because the inductees have to be people that have played only Premier League games as well so um, that's so when football started that, wasn't it 92 well for Man United fans it was so what's your opinions then and uh, we'll have a quick debate on it I'm going I'm sticking my first one out now as a player and that is David Beckham okay <clears throat> So, so why, why Beckham first and foremost? Why Beckham? Well, I think you look at it, probably the amount of assists he's provided Man United. He's been probably one of their more, more consistent performers during that time as well. I wouldn't say, obviously, like other people, he's a one-man club, but I just think he's, he's just been the X factor that Man United needed on the, on the right. I mean, they had Gary Neville... As a fullback, and he used to distribute the ball to, to Beckham, who used to just do do the sort of sublime at the time, wasn't it? It's something no one saw, like the I hate to say it, Matt, but that lob of past Neil Sullivan at From Wimbledon. Forty-nine yards. Forty-nine yards. <laughs> I mean, that that's just unbelievable, techers, you know. Now, even now, people still can't really do it unless you're Xavi Alonso, but. That's another debate. Even that say. wasn't as good as Beckham. No. And I just think, on a, on a wide for a pass as well, just the way he does those cross field balls, 
and, and, I, and I mean, as much as I disliked him as a youngster, you know, you sort of get older and you sort of mature a bit. And I, I just thought he was actually quite a good, good leader as well. With the, I mean, he, he never, you know, he wasn't like a Roy Keane, like outspoken and things. But I think a lot of people respected him just for the, the qualities yeah. that he had. It was, it was a good person and a great professional, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, he would have been one of those people that you probably would have seen after training, still practising the free kicks. And I mean, they don't just come naturally to him. Well, you mentioned free kicks. When you say Beckham, I instantly think of free kicks. He was an exceptional free kick taker. Greece versus Greece for the Euros, was it, yeah. to get in? I think at Wembley 2000 or something like that, was it, where he scored that last minute free kick to send goal. that was a fantastic free kick there's not been many English players better dead ball situations yeah, just you always and he was the he, was the, he sort of did did it didn't he for, for Man United whenever they're in that trouble he whipped in a quality cross they had someone on the end of it whether it's Cole York Renister I, I just think as much as I didn't like him when I was younger he's got to be in there personally it's a fair shot Anyone else? Well, I, I think I can throw in one that's a pretty easy nomination, really. The uh, top scorer in the Premier League history, Alan Shearer. Yeah, exactly he's one of my votes. Yeah, he's. I reckon he's a shoe in. Oh yeah, I mean, it's going this year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done it not with just he's done it with two clubs, hasn't he? Really, no, three clubs. Sorry, Southampton, yeah, Blackburn, Blackburn Newcastle. Newcastle, and I mean, you can't really. Not you can't count. argue with that, can you? No, you can't. It's just that's that's a that's a, got to be absolute I mean, sure, absolute sure. And he just scored with everything, didn't he? Great header, great right foot, great probably had a great left foot. <laughs> I'm sure he got a left footed great, cheer great, a goal, but I think it was good penalty tape as well. Wasn't yeah. he? he only missed a few out of like yes, he was. Penalties as well. Iconic celebration. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> but he scored goals for so long. Yeah, yeah. He had a long career. In the and I mean, with all due respect to Newcastle at the time when he signed for them, they weren't. He raised them up to that level, didn't he? As well, sort of when they. they I know with the Keegan here, they had some other players as well, but he just continued to sort of build them up to almost being the title contenders. To that time with the famous um, it's a shame in a way he only ever really won one title one in one trophy mm. I think how good he was but yeah yeah I'm not I'm not taking that away from me still for me he's the best striker Premiership I mean, has I mean one and, thing um, one thing I, that I always remember share was I don't know if you guys remember but that game in the Euros against Holland the 5-1 battering and I think really was the, the Shearer showing them 4-1 side that was fantastic, wasn't it? That finish where it just and it just bounced back out. He hit it that hard. Just a fantastic striker. Now, the second pick for everyone. This is where it might get interesting. I've got to let you guys think first. I'm still thinking. Well, I mean, I've got two straight okay. off that were very okay. similar players. Oh, and two of, in my opinion, the greatest midfielders we ever had. Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Very similar indeed, mate. Who could never play together, though, could That they? was the problem. <laughs> but individually, you look at what they've done for their clubs, the way they played, fantastic players. Yeah, hard to argue. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. exceptional Premier League players. And now good managers. 
sticking with midfielders, my one of my choices was Matt Letizia. Purely because of how good he was to watch, how many goals he scored for no disrespect to Southampton, no, he uh, kept them up, didn't a he? middling club, and uh, he was also the first midfielder to reach 100 goals in the Premier League. Yeah. Yep. Which wow. for Southampton, again for a Southampton player, is a phenomenal achievement. He took that club on his shoulders, didn't he? I think, I think really he's did. very underrated. He, he was the as early, well, early Gerrard in a way. Yep. Well, a very different type of player. Yes. Well, yeah. Very, very I mean, in terms of carrying the club for a long period of time. <laughs> I, I, think, right. I think very underrated as well. I mean, I'm sure there was probably a lot of, you know, offers that came from the bigger clubs, but he, for whatever reason, he never moved. And then obviously there's that horrible England game that he played where it just didn't quite work out for him, where you just thought, well, could they have given him a second chance? We just never know, would we? It was a bit of a strange one, why his um, England career never really took off. It's almost like um, they wanted to fit him in and shoehorn him into a team that wouldn't really work. Whereas he had a free role at Southampton, didn't he? Yeah. Playing behind the striker, and he he flourished in it. I think when you look back at, like, especially in the 90s, like the, the players that England had at their disposal, you think the players like even Fowler and Ferdinand barely got a yeah. sniff at, at an England call up. It's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. And, and also, you've got to look at it like, well, Matt said, you know, you've got two absolutely fantastic players as Lampard and Gerald. And Wax goals into the mix yeah. as well. He's another one who I thought, you know, yeah. should, could possibly be an outsider to get on to the first. Brian Giggs. One man club. Giggsy as well. I, mean, I, think Giggs, I, I think it'll be Giggs and Shearer. I can't see anything past that. But, you know, we're all entitled to our opinions. And, exactly. You know, I've chosen Letizia, you've chosen Gerard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it will be Giggs and Shearer. Maybe Thierry Henry. My two yeah. picks. But I mean, if you if you look at the that team back in the in the nineties, like you know the late nineties, got Lampard, Gerrard, and Scholes or North in the early nineties. I mean, how could that midfield not work together into sort of into England becoming? It's a shame, a isn't force, it? Force, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it really is. I mean, he's, I mean, with, with Scholes though, he came, went back to Man United at the age of 36, 37 when Fergie needed him, and he's still just as good a player then as he was back, you know, sort of five, six years. Is just, there any reason why with this um, uh, induction into the Hall of Fame there's only two people going in this year? Because we've just rolled off a lot of names, which really they're shoo-ins for the Hall of Fame, aren't they? Maybe are. <laughs> I guess I they were doing. They. The way I've read it, they they've already picked two, and then they're doing a nominations list for the next batch. Oh, okay. This year. Right. Okay. For, so for it's, the, a bit, it's a bit more exciting. I think I think the first two is going to be announced then next yeah. next month, and then obviously it will then go down to the. But it's a, it's an interesting idea that the FA have decided to do something like that. I mean, it's taken quite a long long time. I mean, obviously twenty eight years now. Yeah. Years. There already is a Hall of Fame at the National Football Museum. So like the whole of football, not yeah. not, you know, I guess not just the Premier League. <laughs> is that just English football? As far as I know, yeah. Not got Ferenc Puskas in there or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think why couldn't they kind of like accommodated it with that? Because football didn't start in ninety two. 
Well, for some people, it did. Well, yeah. But... Sky Sports. <laughs> you tweet Gary Lineker and tell him he's not getting in. <laughs> Sorry, he'll, mate. He'll love that. Sorry, mate, you're not getting in because you didn't play uh, after nights. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to top this off then, so everybody's in the consensus that Alan Shearer is definitely going to be one of them. He's got 100%. 100%. And then, obviously, we've got a few names. Obviously, I've got Beckham, you've got... Giggs. Giggs. What did you go? I know you went with two, but if you had to pick one... If, if I was actually picking one that I think will genuinely get it, I think it would be Beckham. So? I'm sticking with Letizia, but I think it'll be gigs that get I, it. I mean, I, I like how you looked out the box there with Letizia. I think it just sums up like people's appearance of him, that he's like the forgotten man, isn't he? It'll be a bit... There's so many memorable goals. Oh, well. I mean, the quality the one, yeah. Just the, the flick up and the volley one. That Real game. iconic player, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, through the ages, definitely. Totally agree. Well, right then, so while we're talking about England, and we get into that time of year... Providing you go to Hedditch, yes. Yeah, well, providing <laughs> that he goes ahead, exactly. We've got a little thing called cut. the... <laughs> The Euro coronavirus. It sounds better than the Carabao Cup. <laughs> you raise a good point. It's played over all these different countries, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Of all the years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Wales it's not going to happen, is it? I mean, no. I mean, Wales have really to go to it? Azerbaijan and Italy. I mean, what's going to? It's just not going to happen, is so all, it? All these fans, all these airports, flying all over Europe, spreading all these <laughs> diseases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the worst year for this breakout, isn't it? Well, we, we well we can just hope and pray that it might happen. Yeah. Or then we'll be a segment missing. So. <laughs> so the big the big question is then, which will be a lot of debate, is who would be your starting eleven? But we'll start with with really goalkeepers on who we should think should start and be in the squad. Which could be a debate in itself. <laughs> I mean, looking at Pickford uh, recently, he's had a bad, bad, bit of a bad, bad run of form, to say the least. However, do you just drop him because of that, or do you reckon that somebody else could take that mantle? I personally think that they should stick it out with him at the moment. But that's just my... On what grounds? On what grounds? Well, he had an OK World Cup. It's my main grounds. He's an, er- he's an Everton keeper, so I'm not going to give him much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. No, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's Larry, isn't he? I think... I mean, they've got the right, they've got the right manager in with Ancelotti. But he is making a hell of a lot of mistakes. I like Nick Pope. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. But it's one thing from being a very good goalkeeper in like a middle club to then being an international England goalkeeper. You see how it destroys, you have to be a strong personality. And I just think that he's got got that slight edge over anyone at the moment, at this moment in time. But I'm open-minded, so so what do you think, Matt? Well, it's going to be Pickford. Because as I keep saying to people, it's the England football team, not the club. 
and that's how it's run nowadays. It's you know, it seems to be the same players that are always playing, whether they're good enough, whether they're in form. We know Hurricane's going to go if he's fit. We He'll know go if he's injured. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got pre- yeah, England's got previous on that anyway. We've other players. Chop his could, leg off, he'll still play. Up you could practically name half the team, whether they're injured, out of form, or not, because they are the England players. The England brand. Whatever happened to you take the best twenty-three at the time? I mean, if it, okay, if we went. I personally think at this moment in time, I've been watching Burnley as well. They've been on good form as well recently, climbing up the table, almost getting to Europe at the moment. But Nick Pote's been on outstanding form. Again, he's really picked up. He had that nasty injury. And I would love to see him in an England shirt. But I know due to the political politics going through and, and and the whole way that it works that I always find that Southgate seems to go safe he always plays safe which you'll see with when I pick when we discuss the other areas he will always pick the safe person there he doesn't go for someone that's out left field give them a chance but I know that he'll probably take it I'd love, I'd love him to give Pope a try but I don't think he will I mean I don't know about anyone else I mean I'd have Henderson he's a good player mate he's I mean, not I like Jordan Henderson <laughs> team, but not in goal no, that's a good Henderson. shout he's, he's had a very good season he has actually and he's kept like the, the third Pope. most clean sheets I think you know, I think Pope's kept the most yeah. but, but Henderson has more of a presence doesn't he he yes. really does have some command behind that defence and, and also to be honest he, he got a lot of stick for what happened at the Liverpool game where he did that horrible error, um, and even Wilder came out and said to, said about him that he needs to do better, and he's come out after that. Well, I mean, and it's been very positive. That's how Wilder is, and that could go either way, wouldn't it? Exactly. You know, he could have curled he up and exactly, gone to a shell. And that's, come what, out that's my point. That's my point. And that's why I like Wilder. Yeah. Well, I don't think he'll work at a big club, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> That'll be on the next episode. Next time, you got that one there. But. Um, but no, that's my that's my opinion. Yeah, I, my, I, my gut feeling is that you're probably going to stick with Pickford. Um, he's done well in England shirt. He's got a few caps under his belt. I think there's a degree of reliability there. Even though he's had some uh, bad experiences recently at Everton, he knows he's going to get the backing from Southgate. He knows he's going to get that next start in the next England game. I think that that, that, could, be, that could be a bit of like as well. Like, as a as a nation, we're always scared to do something different, aren't we? We're always happy to. I mean, you look how long like Joe Hart stayed, stayed our goalkeeper, and he's making mistake after mistake after mistake. I mean, I, I do agree with you, and I take your point. But where's the standout alternative? Exactly, and that's what I said earlier on. Just sort of like we've always had injury, uh, injury, mistake-prone goalkeepers, <laughs> haven't we? And injury-prone. Yeah. <laughs> Seaman, you know, as amazing as he was, he, he had a clanger. David James had a clanger. Uh, I mean, Green's I mean, if you look, I mean, if you look at, I think some stats. I mean, Ben Foster's had an incredible season at Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. But I don't know, you can quote me if I'm wrong, whether he's announced his retirement from English football. I don't I know think it that sounds matters. stupid. But I think he has. I think he has. But I, I, would have, I would have taken him as a wild card then. Southgate once. You don't need a wild card. He, he's been the best English goalkeeper That's what in the I mean. by, by any stretch of the imagination, if you look the way he, he commands the box yep. as well, fantastic. And I think. I would love to see that happen, but I don't know whether we would because it, 
it'd be too much left. Because Southgate runs it as a club and not the best players and therefore he will not sign a, whatever his 36 year old goalkeeper to go between the posts for England who would you like to see in the post and you've got to go for the best three in the country at the moment which is which are who? Henderson Foster that's good what about um, Ramsdale I was going to say Ramsdale he's been getting some plaudits I think I'll I'll be be the moment, too early. Be a bit too early I think we can all agree Jack Butler won't be going though <laughs> I don't know mate don't know he, he's still being looked at is he mm. and so, Stoke reserves Hart Will he be good? No, I can't see it. Isn't it a game this season, is it? Southgate sort of I think, I, I think Lee Grant stands a chance. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what nationality is Andy Lonergan? Is he Irish? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on to probably our strongest area, really, is like the fullback area, or you could sort of class as wingback. I mean, okay, what, what formation is he going to play? Do you, do you think that... Mr. He favours that 4-3-3, doesn't he? So if we say 4-3-3, then shall we say that? He, he doesn't want to play three centre-backs. He only did it because he, he couldn't trust them in the last tournament. And it, it really limited our attacking options. So he's, he's quite keen to move away from that. OK, so we go with right-back then. I mean, there's only one for me. He's got to be Trent. Trent, all day long. He's got to be Trent. Go on. I'm slightly controversial okay. here. I'm not a Trent fan. Are you not? For me, is it because he's not? A de- he's good not defensively. A he's very good at going forwards. But England are going to spend a lot of time defending, and we're going to get caught out in the area. You say that we're favourites for this tournament. We're always favourites. <laughs> <laughs> but we do not think though, like that the England, the normal England way is that we sometimes get an early goal and then we sit back for I don't know how many minutes. Do you not think maybe with Trent that actually we might actually bomb forwards for once? Instead of retreating backwards and letting, like with the Croatia game when they came at us. I think Trent's shown recently for Liverpool, with a couple of losses that they've had, that teams have started targeting that area, getting in behind because he's so advanced. Same with um, Robertson, you're a fullback. They get so far forward. If you can play players out wide and get in behind them, you have a lot of success. My fear is if England go down that route and start playing Trent and somebody else who's very attacking on the left. We're just going to get caught out because, no offence, we don't have the best centre-backs at the moment either. Well, we can discuss that in a minute. Um, so, yes, he's going to go because he's considered the best full-back, but in my opinion, go? he's not that strong defensively. Who are you going to go? Honestly, I don't know. I, if you, I, I still, you see, I haven't seen Trippier play at Atletico yet. I think he'd be, because of the ethos that Simone probably brings to, the, brings to him, there would be a lot more of a sort of a defensive mentality. Trippier is the most defensive say, But however, he was very good when he played there, just playing devil's advocate at the World Cup because he pushed up a lot. So it's it's an interesting one. I would like to see Trent there because I think he's about ready now to push forward with it. Isn't Trippier left? No, right. No, no. Who was left in the World Cup? And anyway, moving nicely on, left back. But at the minute, Ben Chilwell's got that spot. Yeah, I'd say Chilwell. I, I'm being controversial. I'm, I can't really... I, I'm just trying to think of other people, but he's not been on the best form for Leicester. He's made a lot of mistakes. That he's made a lot of left mistakes. However, obviously, because we're letting Trent go on the right and he makes defensive mistakes, you've got to have a similar type of player on your left. As in... as in Some flawed logic there, surely. <laughs> no, as in we're, we're pushing up. 
<laughs> and he's a very good attacking attacking player. But I just cannot think. I, Danny Rose is overrated in my opinion. I don't think he's he's got the mark, right mindset to be to be. Well, he's got it. I mean. He's got it all to do at Newcastle to win his place back, hasn't he? That's what I mean. Um, I, I, I mean, fair play to him for taking that vote. I will give him, you know. He's getting first in football, he's making himself aware. Well, Danny Rose has moved to a smaller club now, so he'll get forgotten about. <laughs> no offence to Newcastle, <laughs> they are a big club. <laughs> but you know what I mean, he's moved further down the table. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I can't think of... We all think I'll be honest with you, I can't think of any other left back. I mean, you've got Luke, Luke Shaw. Shaw. Luke Shaw, if he's Shaw. Again, though, he's too inconsistent, isn't he? Brandon Williams. Good, good shout. If he's, if he's going to take Shaw's place, he's got to be on the radar. What about Cresswell? He really Aaron. can't defend. <laughs> I don't watch enough West Ham to have an opinion of him. I mean, I mean he, do, he, just sort of, he just sort of shows like how far you have to go to find that left back then, isn't it? Because none of the big, big clubs have got really a left back that is used a lot. <laughs> For me, Chilwell's got to start, and he's he's very very good at attacking. Yeah, and defensively, he's he's definitely got it upstairs, but he just needs to apply himself a little bit better, is my opinion. And, um, he might, yeah, I mean, obviously he's made I've a lot of faith and he'll, he'll bring it in the uh, the Euros. Got faith, player. Okay, so centre backs. Right, I'll go. I mean, we've got to go with McGuire, haven't we? I mean, he's he's. I mean, I think he's had quite a good season, man. You. I don't think he's been too shit. Pardon my French. <laughs> it, well, so not not being too shit constitutes starting for England, does it? Well, well, to be honest, <laughs> what else have you got? Better alternative. <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not made any massive powers from what I I've seen really. No, I think he's been pretty strong in that defence, and he's formed a good partnership, hasn't he? With Bat and Lindroff. With Lindroff, yeah. I think uh, I think it's got to be Maguire and Joe Gomez. I think Gomez has done very well he's had a strong season he's gone a bit under the radar exactly. really hasn't he's, 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 he's done very well I think John Stones is too mistake prone He'll same go. with Michael Keane Michael well. Keane I've not even heard about for a while very mistake prone from what I saw earlier yeah. in the season yeah. he's, I think his confidence is shot at this stage he's been, yeah. it was that poor does uh, Southgate eat his words and get Smalling back yeah. Tyrone he's Mings had, he's had a great he's had a great year at Roma Tyrone Mings he's yeah. been starting for him. the problem with, with Mings I, I've been watching obviously because Villa have been on TV a bit and I know it might be because he, he seems to struggle distributing the ball I don't know whether it's with other people but he just doesn't seem to be very confident I don't know whether it's because he's playing with people that are you know mate all due respect to Villa not as probably good as he is but I mean when I saw him at playing for England I think he's made one cap and he's looked quite quite strong but again, again that was against something I like the fact he's area. left footed yeah. a left footed centre back is something we've lacked for a long long while yeah so and he's quite strong as well he's yeah. good in the air I'm not sure that he is good in the air actually I mean I think what he's, do you uh, think so? I mean, he doesn't do you... jump very high is my issue with him I've seen him get uh, I've seen players getting behind him because he's He's jumped for a header and not got there, and then they've got strikers go around the back. I mean, what do you reckon about this Tamori uh, Chelsea? He's not playing. He's, a bit he's not playing. I mean, I haven't yeah, seen him for a few weeks. I like what I've seen of him, actually. He's definitely got to be in contention if he plays for Chelsea. 
think Maguire would go in there, so it'll be the go-to guys. I think so. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go with that on Formula 1. Okay, now yeah. this is the attack. Well, shall we go defensive mid first out of the three? Or do we just go with probably the easiest three? debate we're going to have tonight on that one. Henderson. Dyer. Henderson. Henderson. <laughs> Henderson, yeah, definitely. Thank you. That's it. Moving on. Okay, so now. But we're just on that, yeah? <laughs> you know what we about Paul Scholes? <laughs> With Henderson, I don't really think he's the uh, archetype of uh, defensive midfielder necessarily. No, no. But there really are no other options in that area. I mean, unless tried, you really, tried, if you really want to push it, you'd look at Hamza Chowdhury at Leicester, and he's not ready. He's a long Mate, way off ready. He's, he's, yeah. he's got a, disciplinary problems, hasn't he? As well, I wouldn't call them disciplinary it. problems. I think mistiming tackles problems. <laughs> they've tried <laughs> Dyer and they've tried Declan Rice. Declan Rice. They, they don't, neither they are anywhere near that standard. They're not good enough. I, I don't get the hot fuss around Declan Rice. No, I don't. He, he does seem to be Southgate's boy, yeah. so we shall see. What I like about Chowdhury, I bring up Chowdhury because um, what I see in him is he's uh, an exceptional athlete, he's very strong and he's very quick. And when you've got teams that are going to sucker punch you on the counter-attack, when you want protection in front of your back line, he's exactly what you want there. The rest of his game has got to improve. The problem but, is he's not playing week in, week out for Leicester. No, he's not. But so if he can't get into that team, how can he be in the England team? Well, like I said, we've got no options there, really, at that position. We're really struggling. I think I mean, you also have to think about if Kane, Harry Kane's injured, Henderson's going to have to play, because I think he's vice-captain, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it probably will be Henderson. I mean, just just putting a spanner in the works with like, what we were saying earlier with defenders, I mean, don't you reckon maybe like one of the Sheffield United guys might sneak in, like an O'Connell as a central defender, or the or um, Bulldog as I just just with you saying about about defensive duties. I know that they play an odd formation anyway. But do you think they might might sneak in? Because I mean they've kept a good. I'm trying to think of a Sheffield United uh, midfielder, but Flex obviously Scottish. Lundstrom's English. He is, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, but he's been—he's lost his place recently to Bergen, which is yeah, surprising. Yeah, madness. But then he get, but then he comes on and then scores. I think yeah. the winner. He's still putting back. performances in. I think wins. with with Southgate, and not just Southgate, with England in general, is if, if they were looking at other players from, say, Sheffield United or other clubs, they would have been in a friendly by now. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to get to the Euro and Southgate. Like, oh, do you know what? We'll get this Sheffield United lad in. Yeah, I mean, I see your point, but again, we, we go into the normal Aristotle. Aristotle. Thank you. Wait, thank you. You've already had two beers, Chris. Oh, I can't say long words. My vocabulary is not that great. The one, the one person word. that I did see mentioned today is Calvin Phillips at Leeds. He's been yeah. touted as a defensive midfield potential for yeah. England. I've heard a lot from about him, but again, unfortunately, because he's at, in the championship, I don't really, haven't really had a chance to sort of check check it. Really. I've only seen him play once, and he's definitely a talent. Definitely. I, I don't know if this competition is going to come too soon for him, but I think he will be an England player. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned George Baldock, obviously, my MK Don's link. Yeah. George is one of our own. I'd love to see him in the England shirt. But that formation, like you said, that Sheffield United play, it's so unique. He yeah. wouldn't sit into that it, side. It, it, He's not a fullback at the moment. That's what He's I mean. a winger, wing back. I mean, I mean, it's just the way he plays Sheffield United, isn't it? The Wilder, he like push it. 
invites the centre centre backs to push up. So there's so many good and, players in yeah. there, but how many are going to get into that England centre back? Exactly. The way and, that then, they play? and then it's like saying to someone, "Well, we want you to work like this, but actually for two games we want you to do something totally different that we you haven't been taught." Which I mean, I just wanted just to revert back to. I just only thought when you were saying about Henderson about it. I do totally agree. It's just something that might be looked at. I don't know, depending on how how well I guess Sheffield United finish off the season. But anyway, so the other two midfielder positions. Ooh, it's a bit of competition there, isn't it? So who's who's starting at the minute? So we, I know didn't look. Am I right? Was lost just cheap there for a bit. He has, he has been in the mix, certainly. Delhi Ali? Yep, Delhi Ali's in there. Ali has to go. <laughs> Not because of my MK Oh, he has to go! He has to go. I'm afraid he is one of the best midfielders we've got in the country. Well, I'm, I'm struggling to think. Well, you can see, we've got a lot. We've got a lot. We've got James Madison. Yeah, Madison. Oh, Madison. We've got and, um, Campwell at Norwich. We've got uh, Mount. Grealish at Villa. Yeah. Got Mount. Yeah, Mason Mount. Mount, Mount, Mount probably go. I would say personally, I'd like to see Grealish there. I, I want to see Grealish in the team. He's he's the one where week in week out he grabs a game by the scruff of the neck and just shows you quality in in making his teammates play better as well. You'd love to see what he can do within a team that has star players around. I mean, it's quite it, exciting. I mean, if you think about it, like Grealish and Ali, I mean, that's pretty two advanced players that on their day can just destroy an opposition can't they I mean obviously Ali's been struggling for form and inconsistency he's been playing a centre forward recently that's what I think Madison would Madison would go I don't Southgate doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to like him does he for whatever reason yeah he could be right we'll see I, I think he's safe to say Jesse Lingard probably won't be going there. <laughs> I don't know. This is Gary yeah, Southgate. Yeah, he's probably right. taking Lingard and Ross Barkley, to be honest. He's, he's writing out Eric Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this, um, I saw this uh, gif that went out earlier in the season where it was uh, Jesse Lingard versus a tree. Where it measured their stats and um, it was a zero goal, zero assists, but um, the tree had one less booking. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Very good. Right then, strikers. This is going to be, I think. Well, how long have we got? So we've got, got how long have we got there, Dan? Now. So when you say strikers, you're talking about centre forwards. So, shall, do you shall, do you want to go on the wide, the wide two of the three first? Or I think because the strikers slash wingers, whatever you want to call them now. Yeah. All I right, mean, Sterling and Sancho may have been the. The wide players. The wide ones. Okay. I mean... Well, they're, they're both going to go. 100% yeah. they'll yeah. go. They're, they're both going. Yeah. But um, no we've also had uh, Rashford playing out wide. Okay. I think he'll definitely go. I, but I don't know who'll start out I, I would personally like... Calm down, Matt, before you run. <laughs> and that is... The front three. I'd put Rashford starting up front. San, uh, Sancho on the right, Sterling on the left, and then you do what the normal do, rotate them round. I don't like seeing England playing with Kane up front of his own. As good as he is, I feel that they're restricted. There's got to be an argument with that. 
I mean, as good as he w was in the... Well, I'll be honest, he wasn't great in the World Cup. He scored most of his goals were from dead ball situations. I just think you've got that flexibility now with the way that the, how football has been played to, to rotate them around now. And if you look what Liverpool do, they do that a lot with their players. They, they move them across. Mane's playing up front one minute, then they swap it around with Salah. You've got to have that versatility. I can't see Kane being put on the left and then suddenly you're left there right back going, oh shit. Sorry. Um, oh my god. Kane, Kane's on, on the left, left, I better lock my game. So I just don't think you're right. That's just my personal opinion. Matt, you're going to totally contradict it, so let's get started. Well, as I said earlier, it comes down to the best players at the moment. Why should Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford be playing for England when they've been out injured for half the season, have no form to show, and suddenly get put into an England side to go and win a competition? How? They're both very, very good players. Very, very good players, don't get me wrong. That is not how this should be done. So We need players that are scoring goals and playing well week in, week out. With Calvin Lewis from Everton. Good job. Danny Ings at Southampton. Players that are scoring goals week in, week out since Christmas. They uh, should be in the team. Sorry, Matt, but I really can't agree with going into the Euros <laughs> with Calvert Lewin and Ings as our front two. I, I think you've got to look at track record. Might not have a choice. <laughs> no, if we don't have a choice, I accept that. But if, um, if Kane and... Rashford are available and they've proved their fitness I'd take them but do you think that's going to be a get out clause if we get knocked out early oh well Kane and Rashford weren't fit there's no get out clause as far as I'm we, we did this before I think it was Euros of the World Cup uh, possibly 2012 Ro Rooney went out there with a <laughs> broken metatarsal that was 06 it was sent off no it wasn't 06 wasn't I was trying that time it was about 06 yeah I think it was you got sent off with that broken toe no, I'm talking, no, 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 I'm talking about the one when we, we were doing all right. We, I think we had uh, Welbeck and Carroll up front. And we were doing all right. <laughs> we were doing all right. We'd beaten Sweden, which for us is a blooming achievement. Oh, we might have been. And then like that, Rooney came back from injury against Ukraine. Yeah. He managed to score, yeah. like, basically on the line. Yeah. And then we played Italy, I think, in the next round. And Rooney just like, right, well, I'm back now. I'm fit. I'm going to hold the ball. And... My, my problem is, is, like I've just said, is that you don't seem as as edgy with the lack of pace when you got Kane there. However, I do appreciate that Kane scores a lot of goals. But if you're going to have a striker, I think you need to have someone that's a pro, someone that can mix it and move across the front three. That's my personal opinion. I mean, I I would like to see that being done, whether it's with Rashford or with with Ings or or whatever. I think. I think it'd be nice to see Southgate use a bit of balls and actually put people on their form. I sort of agree to accept what Matt's saying, but then you can't then go off and sort of start sacking people like Kane because it's not the England way, is it? You know. What's, what sort of sign is that putting out to young players? You're playing at the top of your game right now, you're exactly. scoring goals left, right and centre, but really sorry, we're going to take Rashford and Kane instead. Yeah, but that, the, there's no, I mean, one, no one that fits that description, is there? No one's scoring goals left, right and centre. Lewin's scoring week in, week in. How many goals has he got this season? Prolific. He's, he's having a good season. He's scoring goals. How many goals has Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford scored recently? He's got a point, he's scored about no, I'm the last... Not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on that side there. No, I'll, I'll take Danny Ings. I think you give Danny Ings a decent ball, he'll finish it. He can, he's a finisher. And also he can play left and right as well. And I think 
this is what's been the undoing of England for so many years, is that you've got one big man up front and he's not got the best mobility. He gets the ball deep, that's good, that's good, and let's start him on to it. That's fine, but defences will see that out, you hope. Do we, do we take Mason Greenwood at the World Cup? Don't forget Tammy Abraham. He's had a very good season. Yeah, but he's injured as well at the I, moment. I, I would like someone like maybe Callum Hudson Odoi, but I know he's been injured a lot as well. It's a tough one, isn't it? it you saw that position is like it's a poison chalice, isn't it? Whoever puts on that number nine, it's sort of like. It, do you bear in mind? This is very controversial. We have Croatia in our group. Bay and Lovren at the back. Do you take Troy Deeney as a, as a completely plan B? No, you look at what Deeney did last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's one game. What if Croatia don't start Lovren? Well, then, <laughs> well, well, well if, that, if that's the case, then they'll probably do better in the, in the, in the cup. <laughs> um, no, I mean, to say, you, you know, do you just take someone who's just going to ruffle some feathers up front? Well, I mean, this is what they did, didn't they? they where they bought, was it um, Carroll that time? And they bought him, and they bought Crouchy on as well, didn't they? On World Cup. And I think it would work. I think maybe putting them in him as a squad player, I think that's something probably a little bit... Don't, I'm, not, I'm not particularly Troy Deeney's biggest fan. I don't think he's no disrespect him that good a football player, but would you just take him just to... Uh, do about this and get yeah, under the yeah, skin a bit. Yeah, a few feathers. Go on, that dance. Not happy like this. No, one. I didn't <laughs> think he would be. He's taking Harry Rashford. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who would you take over? I'd, I'd take Harry Kane. He's he's going to be England's top goalscorer at the time. Uh, I'd take Rashford. I'd take Sterling. Jaden Sancho, I think they're terrific wide players. We've got some great options out wide. This is why we're favourites for the tournament as well. Uh, Tammy Abraham, I think, has had a very, very good season. I think if Kane doesn't play, Abraham starts if he's fit. Got no problems with that whatsoever. Third striker position, I think, is up for grabs. Don't know the answer. Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Come out of retirement. Yeah, well, we laugh, but it could happen. You think about it, opposition countries that we're going to be playing against no we're going to take Harry Kane out no we're going to take Rashford if you were to throw in a wild card Troy wouldn't give them something <laughs> why not but if you did that and you name your squad and that's who you put out these countries are suddenly going to go we've not planned for this yeah, but we've not planned for this <laughs> who's crossing the ball to him have we, if have Southgate we is anything way? as an international manager surely he can turn any 23 players into a winning team that's I mean, why I mean, he gets paid the big I mean, bucks I'm just sort of saying a couple of months away. You know, we're not a club. No, we're a team. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure we've got players that are rigid enough to play different positions and know how different ways to play. You know, like if they play like that in their club, this is what I'm sort of thinking of. If that's the way that they play in their club, then I'm sure they can be rigid enough to sort of work out how to how to play best in the scenario that you've got. I think it's an interesting debate and I think it, we could talk about it for another two hours. <laughs> I think Dan was self combusted by much <laughs> I don't think he's 100% of the day, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's Daniel Sturridge your next suggestion. <laughs> oh, he can't, he's banned. But anyway, I think... Are we, are we, are we ready for the final? <laughs> 
Yeah, he's timed it perfectly, actually. <laughs> right, then. Danny Welbeck's still going, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> going? I don't know whether he's still going. <laughs> I think we'll... Uh, I think that's that for that, that segment then. So we've got we've about agreed on everything. So we said that the goalkeeper being possibly Pickford or Pope. We've got left back being Chilwell, right back being Trent Arnold, Trent Arnold, Arnold slash Trippier maybe. Then we've got Maguire, Gomez that we agreed on. And then we've got Jordan Henderson defensive mid. Midfield, we said two out of Grealish, Madison, Mount, Mount. Deli Alley, and Deli Alley, Ross Barkley. That's what Southgate will do. Yeah, he probably will. <laughs> Eric Dyer. <laughs> and then we've got up front, it's just God knows. Oh, let's just so have the injury just free, why not? So we just had either Troy Deeney, Barry Kane, Marcus Rashford, or Tammy Abraham as the main striker. There must be a way of playing Rashford, Abraham, and Kane up for it all together. I mean, why not? Bring it out on crutches, what the hell? <laughs> Answers on a postcard, uh, Mr. Southgate, please. We're up to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? To finish off this podcast, I've done a little quiz for people. Ooh, little quiz. Quiz, quiz. It's time for a quiz. <laughs> right then, so what I'm going to do first off is do some stats on someone, and you have to guess who that person is. Harry Kane. Oh, Roy Deeney. Oh, God. How did you guess? <laughs> Rashford. Okay, so this person was born. The 22nd of July, 84. You're not going to get it from that. They've won 35 England caps. Their first club they went to was Middlesbrough. Followed by Aston Villa. Stuart Downing. One point to Good shout there, mate. Okay, this person was born on the 8th of July, 1980. They represented the Republic of Ireland 148 times, scoring 68 goals. Bobby Keaton, well done. Matt, 68 goals? Yeah, that's good. That's that's almost one every two. Okay, next one. Is Craig Bellamy born on the 13th of July? Craig Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. Last okay. one. You're going totally wrong with that one. The last one is born on the 5th of March, 85. Scottish with 30 caps. First club Celtic. That's not going to give you give it away much. Norwich, Cardiff, then went to Hull, he's a goalkeeper. Forster. No, close. And then he's now at Wigan. (laughs) Idiot. He didn't say the answer was. So he's at Wigan at the moment. He's a goalkeeper. 
Andy Marshall. You're close to the surname. You actually bang on with the surname. <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> Can you think of a first name? I'm sticking with my first Ian. answer. <laughs> Ian Marshall. <laughs> Lester's, Lee, Lee Marshall. Legend. Lee Marshall. Uh, uh, he's the patron saint. He's the I have to go to my reserves now. West Ham. You should get it after this one. Bournemouth. Defoe. Yes, Matt's got one. So it ended up being you with three, you with two, and you with zero, and me with one because I gave out the answer. Brilliant. So I think that's the end of our podcast for today. It might be the end of the, all of the podcasts. <laughs> Wasn't that I hope we see you Was in it? about three weeks. Bye. See ya. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.